Welcome to the podcast edition of Musicians of the Midnight Sun. I'm your host, Pat Braden, broadcasting to you over the virtual airwaves from the Love Shack studio here in the heart of Old Town Yellowknife Northwest Territories. Now, I'm a bass player, Chapman stick player, singer-songwriter, and I've been playing music throughout the North since about 1977. As a young musician, I was caught up in the explosion of popular music in the world through the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. As I got older, I thought there must have been the same thing happening up here, just in a different place and on a different scale. So in 2003, I started to interview the older players who taught me most of what I know today, and many more musicians that I'd only ever heard of. My intention was to have an accessible and free place where anyone could go to learn about these players and the musical times and the lives that they lived. Over the years, I've collected 30-plus interviews and created an archival website at www.musiciansofthemidnightsun.com. Some of these interviews are quite long, so I wanted to bring the core of their stories to a more accessible format. So I created this series of podcasts to continue the celebration of the musical lives of these northern musicians who performed in northern Canada from the 1950s through to the mid-1970s. Thanks for tuning in. Please send any questions and comments to me through this website. I hope you enjoy this podcast episode of Musicians of the Midnight Sun. It has been a challenge to research and interview the women musicians bold enough to step up to the microphone on a northern barroom stage in the mid-1960s. I found one in April Mercury, who has always had a genuine love for singing and for music. She stepped into the local music scene and worked hard to become a better singer and musician, out of her love for music, but also out of necessity to support her family. At 26 years old, April auditioned for and was invited to join the all-female country band Evray and the Cowgirls, in 1966, in Red Deer, Alberta. From photographs of that time, she genuinely enjoyed being in a band, posing for promotional photos, and performing on stage. Even though April describes her musical experience as narrow, her observations, insights, and experience provide a distinct snapshot of the live music environment in Western Canada through the 1960s and 70s. I've known April and Stan for over 30 years, when we all lived in Yellowknife. But it was only in the last few years that I learned that April had toured, playing music in the North years before. One of those tours brought her to Fort Providence, Northwest Territories, where she met her future husband and musical partner, Stan Mercury. Over the next ten years, they lived in Red Deer, becoming active participants in the music community there. In the early 1980s, they returned North to live in Yellowknife and later moved to Calgary after they both retired. April and Stan still get out to play the odd show at senior centers close to their home in Calgary. She still has the pipes to belt out a Hank Williams Hurton song and has not lost her love for singing at all. April's music career began when she answered an advertisement in the Red Deer newspaper. I think it was, uh, <laughs> how did it go? Well, it started with these ladies and I knew two songs. And there was an ad in the paper and I asked, uh, made the phone call to this lady, this blonde one. I said, I only know two songs. They said, but I could learn. 
and uh, she said, oh, come on over, uh, do a little addition for us. So I did, and she said, you're hired. I said, but don't forget now, <laughs> only know two songs. She said, you'll learn, you'll learn fast, and she was right. Yeah. Then she bought so, a guitar. Yeah. She bought a guitar. Yeah. So. Oh, there's some writing in the back. So I didn't even know that. Would that be May Koski? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the drummer. That's the drummer. Oh, she oh, would. Okay. And she wasn't what you call a wizard the drum, but she had one style, and she bounced every time. <laughs> and yeah. she had she had to beat every time, no? Yeah. And so the the, the boss was that Elsie? Is that her name? Is that the name that's there? Yeah, Evray. 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 She's the boss. Evray and the Country Girls. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice lady. Before that, or even as a kid, were you just singing along with the radio and stuff? And um, yeah, more or less. I uh, actually it was in desperation because my husband was a gambler. My kids, they didn't have lots of stuff, and I, I thought, well, maybe if I just play now and then, I could uh, buy them, take them out for supper, or, or maybe take them to, uh, take them to a movie, or buy, buy some clothes or whatever, you know, whatever. And I buy myself some clothes for Pete's sake. Yeah, for sure. So um, it was really hard, but oh, uh, at that time too, with every A M, you had to play guitar. You learned to play. Oh guitar. yeah, just strum a little. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just had to learn right from scratch. And boy, she sure, she was right. You when you get started, you better learn. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but it was desperation more than anything yeah. else, yeah. and also love of music. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been there. But I took a music book home. I bought a cheap guitar and I started strumming. And holy smokes, uh, getting those two fingers, both hands coordinated. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you had to get them coordinated. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I did it that way and just sang to the kids, and um, and that's how it started. Yeah, and what? lucky for me, the the girls had mercy on my soul and took me in. <laughs> <laughs> so this was in Red Deer. Yeah. What years would that have been? Late six. That I'd be about. No, twenty six. No, not twenty six. April. Yeah. Nine, when I when I started singing and stuff. Yeah. You were born in nineteen forty. Yeah, so nineteen sixty six then. Yeah, something uh, about that. Okay. Yeah. So I was uh, twenty six. About that, yeah, yeah, and then there was another group. Oh yeah, Gail and I, and then we formed a group, a different group, and worked from that. But I wanted more work. I needed. I had to have more work. So I left them, and then and then they were drinking too much too. I can't handle that. So and then I went with these guys. These guys are pretty straight here. These were very straight people. But there too, they weren't uh, didn't have enough bookings, so that's why I did the uh, the road thing for a couple. But the road thing is kind of uh, not that healthy either. Too far away from the family to do this, you know. So so I, I went on a few trips and then came back home. What yeah. kind of what kind of songs? What kind of music were you? Playing? Oh, country. Just, just straight, country. straight country, yeah. And fiddle music, yeah. Yeah, fiddle yeah. music, yeah. Yeah. Patsy Cline, uh, yeah. Who else uh, would you have been? You know, you're cheating hard, you know. Yeah. Just the old ones, the ones that were there at that time. 
Send me the pillow that you dream on, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Later on, later on, you did Anne Marie. Yeah. Then okay. I did a few yeah. Anne Marie. I loved Anne Marie. Especially Snowbird. Yeah. I used to drive everybody crazy just <laughs> practicing. Stayed with these guys for a while, and then, uh, but they're, they're, uh, they didn't have enough bookings to satisfy me. I needed every weekend just to stay alive. So they weren't doing uh, that much, and then there was another another. Uh, we never took a picture of Kenny Arlen Manning, eh? No. No, he didn't. No, it was the one guy. Uh, he asked me to uh, sing and play bass with him. I said, "Okay, I'll go," and I made uh, two two trips with him. So then that that was the one where we went to Fort Providence first, eh? Yeah. No, no. no. Uh, was it Fort Providence? No, I think he went to uh, Hay River. Uh, Possibly Port Providence. I can't remember which one was first, then Port Providence, and then we went for a small visit and Yellowknife, and then back again to Fort Providence to finish our gig. And then we went to Grand Cash, right? Eh? Yeah. Grand Cash, and then, uh, and then I got on the bus and went home. So that, that was that was your first time up in Yellowknife then? Yeah. 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 Up in Yellowknife and do you Fort remember, Providence. Yeah. And do you remember what year that would have been? Oh boy, what, what year? Nineteen, I'd say about nineteen sixty-nine, seventy. Okay. What was that? Yeah, nineteen sixty-nine or seventy. I don't remember all that. Eh? Good thing you're here. <laughs> <laughs> so you just went to Yellowknife for a visit. You didn't do any playing there. Well, I bumped into him. In Port Providence. Oh, okay. Well, that's so what we it. kind of followed each other. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Nice. He yeah. put out this trap line for to kill. <laughs> so she says. <laughs> but I, I think she had the bait. Yeah. Well, actually, what happened was that uh, I was I was I was working in corrections there, and I was off off for the weekend, and the guy who traveled in front of my nose came to me and says, uh, "You know, you know, Stanley, so you got to go to Fort Providence." Well, I said, there's a girl that sings like a bird. So I went there, hopped in a bus, and there she was. She was singing Snowbird when I walked in. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. What did you think about the North when you were up there? I mean, when you went, you were, it's a long drive. <laughs> I yeah, I found it isolated because we went to Fort Providence and I found it uh, inspiring. I also found that uh, it was very new to me, um, and things happened unexpectedly, like the, uh, going over the ice, uh, the Mackenzie, uh, and and just how they, they, we were one of the first vehicles going across the ice there. I've never seen that done, and the guy that uh, got us over was the boss at the Fort Providence, and he uh, Checked the ice. I was trying to remember. I think it was his skidoo. And here we were with a car loaded. And uh, I said, oh my goodness. All he, oh, he was checking the ice with his little skidoo. And here we were, great big car, you know, and people and all that equipment, two people and all that equipment. And there we were a load and a half. So anyway, we finally made it through and without dying on the way. So what I noticed was... Uh, there was just uh, lots of Aboriginal people there in Fort Providence. 
I remember that. And uh, it was just a very new experience for me. Hay River was uh, young people, Abor lots of Aboriginal people, um, and they were active. They were very... Uh, Hay Rivers, that time, was very uh, inspiring for me because they were... They wanted to hear me sing, and they wanted to mm -hmm. hear... Uh, they didn't want to hear Kenny singing all night because he wanted to do everything himself. I said, let's hear her sing, let's That's hear her, you know. Yeah, so anyway, they got me singing and then uh, and then they really appreciated it. And, uh, of course, I'm learning, still learning my bass too, so I'm floundering with my bass and trying to keep up with it and keep learning as I was going along. So I didn't mind not singing because I'm learning my bass. So I'm following him. And he was a good singer, good lead player, excellent stuff. Were you playing in the zoo? Was that where you played in Hay River? Where? In the zoo, in the in the bar. In the bar, yeah. No, no, no caribou. Yeah. Oh, okay. I I don't know. I can't yeah. remember the, the names. The caribou, yeah. Was yeah. it? There's one caribou, eh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It seemed to be a bigger one. It seemed to be a bigger. But there again, we were moving so fast, doing things, just playing, and yeah. How Things happen fast for me. Yeah, how about in Fort Providence? Do you remember where you played there? Yeah, that was right in the lounge there. Yeah, the uh, I think yes. it was a lounge yeah. bar yeah. type of thing. Yes. Yeah, it is a lounge, yeah. On that trip, did you bump into any of the other local players? I'm thinking of like a Richard Lafferty or in, in Fort Providence mm -hmm. or um, in, in Hay River. Any any of those local players mm -hmm. that you... Do you remember meeting any of those guys? Not, no. not, not, not good. I don't think so. No. And then you moved up to Yellowknife then, after that? Yeah, yeah. Well, how long did I stay in Yellowknife that time? Yeah, well, that time I... Uh, not very long. No, well, I'd say it's almost a year. Yeah. I uh, resigned my position in, in, in 71. And, oh, by December 71, I was in... Uh, we went to Red Deer. Then. Red Deer, yeah. Yeah, we went to Red Deer. So I stayed in Red Deer, took care of the kids for ten years, eh? Yeah, about ten years. And again, in those early years through the through the sixties, yeah, seventies. I know that. Yeah. The rock and roll thing was really big, but I mean, it's still <laughs> we're talking Alberta here, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. And everybody was open to music and yeah. country. And, yeah. 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 It was just fast and wild, until the strippers came in. When the strippers came in, that was it. Everything went down. Yeah. So that was like a line. That yeah, yeah. That was yeah. what when, killed when, us. When did that happen? Who? Oh, when did yeah. that happen? That was uh, uh, mid seventies. So the only way we could survive was to get a not be where the strippers were, but everywhere we went, that's where the strippers were, and they just ruined the music. When the strippers came, like April said, that's that true. Yeah. It died down. Well, yeah. that's the first I've heard of that. Uh, oh, that, really? That sort of had that much of an impact on yeah. on the live music. So it was probably a change in the legislation because I would think if we're talking about the mid '70s here, yeah, yeah, yeah. before then it would be like no, yeah. no strippers at all, and yeah. then all of a sudden the doors yeah. open. And, and there were some places where there were no strippers, so we would go, there, you know, yeah, to probably, different places yeah. in Alberta. Probably the small yeah. towns, yeah. right, where they did yes. that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. So you were probably playing like country fairs and stuff like that too? Where uh, well, uh, I don't know about the fairs, but we uh, did lounges, we did dances, we did okay. bars, we did uh, anything you 
pretty well what you could put a finger onto, you know, but not not the fairs, no. Okay. We used to have a jam every Saturday. Yeah. During the day. And uh, it worked it out that we used to get the, the, the group from the Buffalo, the Windsor. Everywhere. Uh, everywhere. Uh, the Capri and all that there. Yeah. And they used to come there and uh, it all take turns that April was emceeing there. We had a big jam. Oh, this is fantastic. Yeah. We had lots yeah. and lots of fun. A lot of the, the musicians and uh, people came from the United States and they played yeah. in the upper hotel. And we used to invite them to uh, sing and teach us a thing yeah. or two, you know, that we didn't know. Yeah. So that was super. That uh, I mean, they, they were just wonderful people. Oh boy, yeah. did we ever have fun. You know, mixing in the, the U.S. and, mm -hmm. and us uh, rookies. I, I always th thought of myself as a rookie compared <laughs> to the U.S., you know. It just seems to be so advanced. Yeah, yeah they were really good. I would host uh, our, our jams in the afternoon, and uh, it was lots and lots yeah. of fun. Holy smokes, and Red Deer? People were just like, musicians were just like glued together. Yeah, like they worked, yeah. they sang together, they helped each other out. There was um, sharing songs and and uh, if, if they needed an extra singer, they'd call me if I wasn't working. And then to play and sing in this other band or vice versa. Yeah. Um, so there was always a lot of support. Strong. The music is strong in Red Deer. Actually, things were happening so fast. Mm -hmm. We were having so much fun, mm -hmm. and there was so much music. It didn't. Uh, what the only thing we thought about was rehearsal, songs. Which how many songs to do, how to do it, and just concentrated on our music, on our agent, on our uh, where we were supposed to go. Sometimes our, our trips were in the winter time and we just about died sometimes and then uh, get back home. So it was just focusing on our own survival is what it was. I would like to thank April and Stan for sharing their rich musical life story with musicians of the Midnight Sun. To hear more, see photographs of their lives and the full interview transcript, check out musiciansofthemidnightsun.com linked in the show notes. You can follow along as well on Facebook and Instagram. If you would like to support the continuation of this project, please donate it on our website, musiciansofthemidnightsun.com. I would like to thank the City of Yellowknife Heritage Committee and the Northwest Territories Creative Industries Economic Recovery Fund for supporting this podcast series. And to thank the Northwest Territories Arts Council, Government of the Northwest Territories Department of Education, Culture and Employment, the Yellowknife Community Foundation and the City of Yellowknife Heritage Committee for supporting the website so far. A full list of supporters can be found on the website. The archival audio of this podcast is from the Northern Musicians Project Collection at the Northwest Territories Archives. I'm Pat Brayton. Thanks for listening.